0: hello and welcome to the deep bible studies podcast where we discover explore examine and practice the word of god i am your host Claudia rivera Guevarez, and today we will be going through john 5 31 through 47. the first verse says if i alone bear witness about myself my testimony is not true so right off the bat let's just talk about context in this verse It is actually found in Deuteronomy 19, 15 through 21, which basically establishes the reliability of witnesses and the establishment of truthful matters. A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall a charge be established. If a malicious witness arises to the accuse of a person of wrongdoing, then both parties to dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priest and the judges who are in office those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is a false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him as he meant to do to his brother. So, you shall purge the evil from your midst, and the rest shall hear and fear, and shall never again commit any such evil among you. Your eye shall not pity. It shall be life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. What we see in this passage is that more than one witness was necessary to truthfully and accurately convict someone of a crime. So, John MacArthur further explains that. Quote, this principle was to act as a safeguard against the false witness who might bring an untruthful charge against a fellow Israelite. By requiring more than one witness, greater accuracy and objective was gained, unquote. We see the order behind the Lord's law. Before we move on to the next verse, I would just like to define what witness means. And John Piper defines it this way. So a witness is ordinarily one who has seen something and can witness what he has seen. A witness gives first-hand evidence he was there. He doesn't argue that something happened. He says, I know it happened, I saw it. So in verse 32, Jesus says, there is another who bears witness about me. And I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. So in this, Jesus is trying to emphasize God's orderly ordinance. Of witnesses that reveal and support the truth that Jesus is son of God and the Messiah first is as we will see in the next verse John the Baptist second is Christ's own works his miracles his deeds the third is the father and the most striking to the Jews is the Old Testament scriptures so in verse thirty three he says, You sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. So this is one of the witnesses that makes the way for and announces the Messiah's coming. And we see that in the beginning of Mark, in the beginning of Matthew, in the beginning of John, in the beginning of Luke. Not that the testimony that I have received is for man, but I say these things so that you might be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp and you are willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who has sent me himself has borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you. for You do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. So this is another witness of Jesus, God's very own word. John MacArthur explains regarding this verse that Jesus points out that with all their fastidious efforts, they miserably failed in understanding of the true way of eternal life through the son of God, which the scriptures point to. In 2 Timothy 3, Paul is writing about assurance of persecution and the blessing of perseverance, and how the word of God remains a steadfast pillar for the one in Christ. He says regarding the scriptures, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Just want to make sure we know that he was writing this to Timothy. So this means that when scripture speaks, God is speaking. It is not altered or manipulated. We very clearly see in this passage that all scripture, yes, the Old Testament, is about Jesus. The Old Testament points to Jesus in anticipation. It points to the Messiah and the New Testament is the fulfillment of that anticipation and the prophecies. The Old Testament scriptures lead people. They do lead people to realize their sin. It leads people to understand God's promises and it leads people to be justified by what Jesus did in taking upon all of our sin and taking our punishment by dying. But not only that he resurrected which reveals God's acceptance of the sacrifice but he actually declared us legally righteous and adopted us into his family through reconciliation. Isn't that so beautiful that both the Old Testament and the New Testament are in such unison because they're the word of God and they give the clear message of the gospel? We do not need to be afraid of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Rather, Paul himself said they are both profitable for reproof. So John Piper explains, This means that the way the Old Testament gets people ready to know Jesus is not merely by specific prophecies that have specific fulfillments in Jesus like being born in Bethlehem, for example. But far more profoundly, the point is, if you meet God and know God and admire God and trust God and are shaped by God as he truly reveals himself and his ways in the whole of the New Testament, then when Jesus comes, you will know him. That is what christ is saying here you will have already known him he will have so shaped your mind and heart that when he comes in flesh there will be no discord no dissonance no contradiction between the god you know from the old testament and the appearance of god in jesus and so in verse 40 jesus says yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life i do not receive glory from people For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. I just want to give you guys one example of this, of the passage in Deuteronomy 18 where Moses speaks of the new prophet that will arise, a.k.a. Jesus. Quote, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb and at the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see the great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. If you have not watched American Gospel, I very, very strongly exhort you to watch it. Dr. Brian Chappell explains in this documentary so wonderfully that, quote, the way an Eastern thinker sometimes represents truth is not by saying like we do, this thought leads to that thought leads to that thought. For example, like A leads to B leads to C. Actually, the other day I was actually writing an essay and my friend and I were editing it and I was telling her that most of my sentences were A leads to B, which leads to C. But that's not how an Easter thinker represents truth. Actually, how Dr. Brian Chapel says it is that they speak around a truth so that you get the truth. For again, as Dr. Brian Chappell explains, the people of God are given the law, but they break the law. Sacrifices are provided, but the priest who begins to offer them become themselves malevolent and not helping. Then the judges say, just do what's right in your own eyes. That doesn't work. All right, pick a king, your tallest, strongest, handsomest guy. Will that king become selfish? Well, we'll give the prophets to the king, and the kings will learn what to do from the prophets. Sounds great, except the people kill the prophets. And you begin to understand that through the course of a millennia, God is saying, we need a better law keeper. We need a better judge, a better sacrifice, a better prophet, a better priest, a better king. Not this, not this, not this, not this, not this, but this, and he was regarding to Jesus. All of these things are in a circle, but they all point to Christ, even though Christ is the main trunk road. He is what the Bible is about. The gospel is everything. That's so beautiful. So let's just finish off with verse 47, which says, But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.